Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time, Tim and Jake Bessling here. We are so pumped that you've joined us, and we believe that eternities are changed when you choose to grow. You are an influencing leader, and we are here to pour into you today around the topic of having a limitless brain. Limitless. I don't think it's a word, Jake, that we use that much as uh, followers of Jesus. I think we use limiting language a lot, especially as it relates to us. We may talk about the limitless nature of God, rightly so, omniscient, all-powerful, all of the omnis, all that, right? But we may denigrate and lower ourselves. We are poor, sinful human beings. All these things are true. But if you look at the life of Jesus— maybe as a Lutheran, the the move goes from law to then gospel. And our hypothesis here at lead time is that we think a lot of leaders are living, living with a limiting mindset. They are believing a lot of lies from the evil one about their potential, their brain, their heart, what God wants to do with their with their hands, and it is hampering the mission of Jesus. But you've chosen to be on this podcast, so even limiting on a lid of your leadership, no, you wanna pop that off, pop the top, and uh, be limitless. And so eternities are gonna change because you're growing today. And Jesus grew every single day, and he had no limit. Of course, he's the son of God, but he was trying to empower his disciples to say, with my power, sent by the Holy Spirit, you can be limitless as well. You're not gonna be God. You're always gonna be the created, not the creator, but you have my, you have my gifting. And so in John, those texts, John 10, yeah. 10, I came that you might have life and life like this, no, life abundantly to the full. In John 14, in the upper room, he told the disciples, I've done great things, you've seen it, but greater things are in store for you because of the power of the Holy Spirit that you will actually do. And then that came to fruition in Acts 1.8. Um, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so as disciples of Jesus, uh, this podcast is all about letting you be open to the Holy Spirit, awaking your spirit, to have limitless potential as you lead the body of Christ in a vocation of church work and wherever you are in the workplace. That's right. I believe the Apostle Paul's words in Romans chapter 12 are so helpful. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And I believe the pattern of this world is often the lies of the evil one that say, you can't, you won't, you never will. These kind of definitive eternity-shaping statements for us. It kind of like goes, ugh. No, no, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. So that by testing, you may just, isn't that cool? Run a whole bunch of tests. Where is God at work? He's not at work here. Oh, I see you at work here, Jesus. Where are you work within me? Oh, not here in these limiting ways. No, in this limitless way that you're working through me, right? So be transformed. Don't, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. That's awesome. Today, we're talking about a book that Tim and I read. It was one of his recommendations, Limitless by Jim Quick. You got to pick it up after this podcast and check it out. And um, in the book, we're going to describe what Jim talks about is the the three M's. And it starts with mindset, and then it moves 
to motivation and then methods. So mindset, motivation, and methods. And mindset is like your brain setting out every day to see the limitless possibilities. And he trains, will train you on what to do with your brain for that mindset. Then motivation, you know, in your vocation, in your daily life, to live that limitless life of vocational purpose and possibilities. And then with the methods, it's gonna be really granular, really awesome, really clear on methods to uh, live that limitless life. Yeah, to increase your memory, to increase uh, study habits. Train your brain. Train your brain, baby. So today is the first of a two-part series uh, talking about mindset and motivation. And then make sure you join us next week as we talk about methods. So Jim Quick, I don't actually know if he's a follower of Jesus. We use a lot of literature from a lot of folks who have been created in the image of God. and uh, But a lot of what he says is a first article reality truth. That means God has created us in certain ways. He's hardwired our brains. And so we're going to learn from Jim. He had a brain injury. He tells the story of having a brain injury as a young child, and it kept him from his potential at that time. He had these limiting statements that were placed over him by, by a teacher. One teacher in particular said, no, 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 Jim, you'll, you'll never learn. You're the boy with a broken brain. The boy with a broken brain. And so he talks about his struggles in middle and, and high school at learning, and now he's become one of the greatest teachers that's on an incredible study story. and the, the brain that's known in the country today. It's yeah, amazing. before we move on, I just want to say we're in a, um, a room here that we're not used to. It's the Journey Center, and so we have different cameras set up, and um, this is temporary location before we move off yeah. our campus here in Gilbert to a new studio. And uh, our team back here is awesome, Marlon and Adam. And when Tim was talking there, guys, uh, the this camera over here, literally I'm talking to you now, like that was lit up. Are we okay? Everything's good. It was throwing me off. This was lit, lit up, and this wasn't. We've been so, living with lights like, that, like, yeah, my light's not working, but yeah. we trust But that was team. on. So I was like, do I need yeah. to move over here? But it's all yeah. good. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Um, your brain is extraordinary. Yes, it is. You know, in the book, he talks about that you have 70,000 thoughts per day. Think about that. I mean, all the things that race and speed and fire through um, your brain is like a fast race car. And there are no two brains, duh, that are that are the same, but they all have that same potential. So our brains are unique, and we process even faster than the fastest computer we could ever make. Um, it, the brain has infinite storage capacity, and now you're probably thinking, I must not use anywhere near uh, the infinite amount that it has. You know, our brains are distinguishable from animal brains. Um, our ability to solve like the most complex problems imaginable, unmatched to any other living being. And our brains are a big component. And I love that we're made in the image of God. And if he is all knowing, yeah. we're not all knowing, but we have this capacity to be stretched we can know a lot. with our knowledge to yeah. know a lot. So it used to be taught that at a certain age, say late adolescence, the three parts of your brain, which are the brain stem, the cerebellum, and the prefrontal cortex, that all of those three parts of our brains were were kind of hardwired and, and set. <laughs> this is actually taught in like science classes. You got to cram as much as you can, but then then you're not probably going to learn or you've hit like your, your peak. Well, that's just a flat lie and science has proven it. Neuroplasticity is a word that we should all become. That is a great word. Isn't it great? It just means that our brains are plastic. They can grow. New neurons can form and, and fire and help us learn new things 
throughout our entire, entire lives. So you can grow at any, at any age. Yeah. I mean, now you think about pop psychology and culture, you know, some theologians will condemn this. Even maybe you're thinking that right now, you know, what are these two pastor dudes talking about pop psychology and culture? You know, some may say only God can renew our minds. Amen. We agree with that. Yet, The product of sin is our destructive self-talk. You know it, you have it, we have it, I have it, about what Satan or others have told us we can and can't do. You probably remember that, someone telling you, you can't, you can't do this. Hating on you, denounce those lies. I mean, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God, restored in Christ. So speak and think with your uniqueness and growing brain uh, to limitless possibilities. I mean, you have... As uh, Malachi Allman, uh, one son. of Tim's sons, son, one. one son, one of his kids, <laughs> <laughs> likes to say, I love this, a big brain. Yeah. Dad, I got a big brain. Yes, That's pretty do. awesome. That's pretty funny. He's using his big brain yeah. in, uh, in school. Big brain. The reason we talk so much about food is that what we eat helps shape our brain. Uh, the gut is called a second brain. I don't know if you realize this, but oh, it's yeah, this so a good. second brain. Recent studies have shown the immense communication between your brain and your gut. The gut has an outsized and really supersized effect on how our brain functions. And for good reason, the brain needs the fuel that comes from our food. Now the brain, do you, do you know how much a human brain actually weighs, Jake? I, first, I was Jerry Maguire said eight pounds. Eight pounds, I think it's five. But I think it's eight <laughs> pounds, something like that. It's a small. I'm a hundred and seventy some pound dude, but my brain only takes a five, eight, yeah. whatever pounds. But it uses twenty percent of the energy from the food that we consume. One fifth. Wow. Twenty percent. The gut is lined with one hundred million nerve cells that make up. We're learning stuff here. That make up the Bridge. enteric nervous system. The enteric nervous system. There is one huge nerve called the vagus nerve mm-hmm. that takes messages to and from the brain exponentially faster than the bloodstream. It used to be thought that the blood was what communicated to our brains and then to our gut. There was a huge nerve from our gut to our brain. And we need to train our brains to eat the right stuff, dude. Yeah. So our mindset has to have a direct correlation to the foods that we're putting in our body if our gut is our second brain. I mean, hello, we should crave to eat what will make our minds as strong as, as possible. And so some, uh, of those foods, bro. some of those foods he lays out there, uh, especially high in uh, omega-3s, is avocados, blueberries, eggs. Not too many, but one a day would be great green leafy vegetables, uh, turmeric. Uh, it's a, that's a tough spice sometimes, but I throw it in the smoothie anyway, <laughs> down it. Walnuts, maybe put that on the salad and water. I mean, our brain is 80% water and our bodies are like 70% water. Get and so water. you got to get water. It's, it's been told it's about a, a half the um, body weight, half your body weight is kind of how much, well, how much water you should take in every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. How much you I should take in. It's like way more than 150%. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of water. So be drinking water. <laughs> we be just know water to get. You should be drinking. Pause right now and get some water. Movement also enhances our our mindset too, and uh, a lot of times you sit, just monitor your day, your nine to five, whatever it is. You probably sit for a long period of time, and what uh, Jim helps to see, and a lot of research helps to see, is your brain functions in twenty five minute segments. 
You can go hard for 25 minutes, then you gotta get up and move. And when you moved, you know what you are crushing? You are crushing, I love how he used a whole bunch of acronyms to help us understand and internalize and memorize, right? So a whole bunch of acronyms. The first one, you are crushing your ants, your automatic negative thoughts. I mean, think of when you're doing a project for a long period of time and your brain either gets distracted or it maybe goes down a dark hole of negativity, whatever it is, get up and move and crush those automatic negative thoughts. We heard a a lecture recently from a, it was actually an interview from one of our former presidents. And he says, self-pity is a very uh, poor quality in human beings. So your ants Crushing those ants. Crush the ants, baby. Helps uh, crush self-pity. I do not like ants, so that's good. One of the Limitless books' greatest assets is it really teaches you how to learn. I I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I was never taught how to learn. I guess I was taught read this book and regurgitate it on a test. Probably wrote memory, right? Wrote memory, but not really like how to memorize that for long-term success. So most people forget 50% of what they've learned about um, a one hour later. And so even some of the stuff you're hearing right now, you'll forget if you don't uh, learn it as you go and we'll teach you how. 75% of what they learn within 24 hours. So gone. 50% gone after an hour, 75% gone after a day. This is what we call the forgetting curve. That's yeah, not so good, communicators. To counter that, we would like to teach you a technique. It's called the Pomodoro technique. A guy, a researcher Great. by the name of Pomodoro. So practical. Brought this. So the brain works, like I said, in 25-minute increments, followed by five-minute brain breaks. First off is called the effect of primacy. You are most likely to learn what you hear, what you internalize in the very first few minutes. Very first few minutes. And then the second effect is called the effect of recency. It says that you are more likely to learn what you learn last. So you learn the most at the very beginning and you learn the most right at the very end of this 25 minute. It's kind of fascinating. You talk about the 25 minutes. That's where we've lived, maybe even shorter in a lot of our messages. And that's why I think about the most maybe powerful talks or messages you've heard. It probably started out with a powerful story that connected to the theme. Then you had a whole bunch of other in your brain probably is making connections and associations to your real life. And then it probably landed and you're like, oh, that thing theme develops. So we want to we want to live and tighten that that kind of curve, effect of primacy, effect of recency. Yeah, I mean and if you look at TED Talks, you know, they're about that 10 to 15 minutes, uh maybe 20 minutes and so uh, do some of those. Talk well. Jake about how this shift Maybe inviting people into note taking um, to, to increase retention. How this could shift the way the church per se does ministry? Yeah, I mean, we would expect those that we disciple to teach much more quickly than probably any of us thought normal. That we used to say, like, you have to learn all this and then you teach. No, get them active teaching what you're teaching them. So don't sit and just consume, but sit and then share with others as fast as possible on Facebook, with your family, with a smaller group. So whatever is coming to you flows through you and goes to someone else. That would help the retention uh, in in your brain. And this is one of my biggest struggles with a long lecture. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember being in college classes, right? And you've got some profs, some are really good communicators. Some of them were kind of, you know, dull and dry. And and I, I just didn't engage with the content. Like I would have liked probably math better, science better. 
if doses. I could have engaged in smaller doses and then put Engage, me in smaller back. teams yep. so I could I could contextualize what I was learning. Yeah, so spreading some of the best teachers spread that lecture, which is short and engaging throughout a time period and also giving people that two minute, three minute white space, the time to walk around, kind of like don't even think about, I mean, I'd never heard a teacher say, go on break right now and don't think about what we studied. You know, just to kind of clear your mind. Yeah. Or I'm going to give you an extended amount of time, five to ten minutes, to uh, just kind of just kind of process and breathe a little bit as well. Yeah, and with our messages, what we're seeking to do with the takeaway component is to help you actually take away and retain and apply the message from God's word with a whole bunch of questions, hopefully used in journey groups, small group life, and maybe even then a different way for us to communicate the main theme in more of a conversation, question and answer type of setting. Yeah, when we talk about self-talk here, a lot of the questions that you're internally and externally asking are gonna shape, all of them will shape your mindset. And a lot of times the dominant question is negative. So what are your dominant questions? Are they negative? Will people like me? Will they receive me? Will this be good enough? Um, maybe maybe your dominant question should be positive. So you start your mindset positively. Um, like, what does God want for me in my life? Um, no matter if they receive me or not, I know I'm sharing the truth. How can my gifts influence other people to hear the gospel? Dude, this is so good. Think of people's, maybe your greatest fear. It probably has something to do with doing what we're doing right now. Just talking, public speaking, right? What happens if you crush that ant and said, you know what? I can start learning in smaller groups and then I can have more influence maybe in larger mm -hmm. groups. Yeah. That only comes through the power of positive thought because the spirit of the living God lives in you, man. So could we create a, a tidal wave of leaders that are being released here through putting this effect into, into action, the Pomodoro technique, effective primacy and recency. Back to the Bible, you think about Paul and his mindset was always positive, even though he was suffering. So we're not accounting here to say like, you're not gonna face hard times, trials, and that you just like neglect that idea of it's hard work yeah. and it, it sometimes sucks, you know? But you identify- you say, you say suck? I am, okay, I did, I did. I mean, cause sometimes life sucks. And your mindset can still be like, I'm gonna give glory to God. And so giving glory to God is having that positive mindset. Amen. Yeah, you are a genius, by the way. You are a genius, bro. He talks about four different types of geniuses, and it's so aligned with 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12, where Paul talks about the different gifts in the church. So he, he titles uh, four different geniuses, a dynamo genius. Mm. It's like a Galileo type who helped people see things that they couldn't see when they looked up into the sky. Another one's like a trailblazing genius who Blaze. connects to the heart and minds of others connects to the passions he actually says oprah has this ability to kind of deeply connect she's a blaze genius there's other tempo geniuses who see the big picture and stay consistent through societal change this could be a martin luther or a mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. finally some of you are steel geniuses who sweat the small stuff you work with data and you see potential out of the minutia sergey brin is a steel genius who could see the potential of gathering large amounts of information and then putting them on one platform and he formed a small little company called google 
What? Useful. Wow. Amazing. You are a genius. So think about those four and which one you are. And it should make you optimistic that you have this brain potential that God has hardwired you for. And Optimus really actually lowers, uh, I believe it's cortisol, like stress within your brain. And it uh, lowers depression, um, distress, greater greater immunity goes up when you're optimistic. So, What's your COVID killer? It's optimism, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Seriously. the fear that is just running rampant. Man, you got to bring on. You got to bring on the optimism. It's Jesus, and it's optimism. That and Jesus, Jesus was always optimist. Right. E- an optimist, even even Through with the, the cross. That's right. You know, I, I'm realistic about this, but. I'm pretty optimistic the Father's going to raise me on the third day, and I know that's that's going to happen. So I know a lot of this is kind of a duh statements, but um, think about the last time you dreamed this big, massive dream, and then almost immediately starting to think, ah, oh, that, that can't happen. Just pessimism seeps in from Satan. Most of these limiting pessimistic thoughts are probably rooted in a form of self-protection. I mean, that's sin. The grace of God frees us, and brings us to limitless dreams, to dream big dreams, to radically shift to the future. Churches and church leaders must consistently invite the risen Jesus to kill their limiting pessimistic beliefs. So you know this, Jake. I'm kind of a dreamer. Some of which uh, dreams are like really, really big, and some are like super small. But the biggest killer of my joy and optimism is when I bring an idea most of the time with a pretty open hand and someone immediately moves. This doesn't happen on our team, by the way, like hardly at all, immediately moves to why it can't happen. Mm. You know, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to work toward like the struggle. Be gentle. Of it. But be gentle, uh, be gentle with be, my dreams, please. And be open, be open to see what yeah. God can do. Cause all the innovation that happens in our world comes from a, a little dream. Coming down the home stretch, stretch here, uh, Quick talks about seven lies about learning. We're not going to look at all seven. We're just going to look at two of them that we believe are the most harmful toward the mission of Jesus. The first lie, limiting lie that we believe is that knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. You've heard that phrase before. Knowledge is power. And we believe, I believe, mm that a lot of times in the church, we've raised up those that have an extraordinary amount of knowledge. It could be pastors, DCEs, other other folks, and we've kind of platformed those folks with knowledge. But is knowledge really power? I think that lowers then the laity, lowering the laity. You've heard that. We use laity, but man, we want to elevate the laity. But not if it's only knowledge is power, that's really not where power is found. Knowledge times... Action love that. equals power. And in the church, a lot of times, we just talk. We don't do. Execute on the mission. Reach the lost. Go evangelize and discover, develop, and deploy people. Uh, work on your own internal systems to move people into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Trust people. So knowledge times uh, action equals power, not just knowledge is power. Yeah, what a flop if Jesus just had all this knowledge about right. dying on the cross he and he didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't and he said, oh, this is pretty powerful. No, it wouldn't have been. He did it and that was action and there's power. Another lie that hampers the mission of Jesus is this deeply held thought that criticism of other people actually matters. Jim Quick tells a story of interacting with the actor, love this guy, Jim Carrey. Uh, Jim is an over-the-top actor. We love him, um, many different movies. Quick asked Jim Carrey, why do you do what you do? You're such a unique actor. Jim said, I act the way I do because I want to give people watching the permission to be themselves. The biggest travesty in the world is people preventing and limiting themselves from being who they truly are 
because they're afraid of what other people think. And next time you watch a Jim Carrey movie and you see that humor coming out, making yeah. people laugh, he's trying to allow people to see their purpose too in life. I love that. Yeah, so I love Jim Carrey. I love him because, and we're gonna talk a lot about association in our next podcast follow-up, but when I bring a line from Dumb and Dumber or something like that, liar, liar, it makes me feel like a kid, you know? And I mean, think about kids. Kids don't have any inhibitions. They're not like trying to impress anybody. They're, they're, think about when they, they walk, watch a kid walk. They're falling hundreds of times before they actually walk. They don't care about what everybody else is, is talking. I love what this same president that we referenced before talked about when he talked about critics. You remember that? <laughs> he says, it was asked a question, what do you do? How do you handle criticism or critics? And he, he says, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just don't. I, don't. I don't create space in my brain to really like, I got to impress this person, impress this person. It'll drag you down. Jesus didn't live that way either. Yeah, he moved on. He knew where Speak he was going. Truth. He knew how he was, uh, what he was going to do. And he was not going to be deterred by popular opinion or, or the critics. Yeah. Finally, we'd like to leave you on this podcast with one helpful exercise. Now, this exercise might seem simple or trite, but it has great power for all of us as Jesus followers. It's called the, the I am exercise. This is a way to deeply instill your personal values and declarative identity statements. And so why don't you go first, Tim? Yeah. I am what? How are you fill in the blanks? Yeah, and these uh, I am statements could and maybe should be connected to your personal value statements, your personal values. You're in your sweet spot when you're doing this. And this is, mine are gonna be different than you, but for me, it's it's I am... Um, loved. I'm loved by a big God. I am a learner. Every day is an adventure. There's more to discover. I am, um, I forgot the last one. The brain had a fart. Anyway, brains have leader? farts. I am loved. a leader. Yeah, I loved and I love to learn. And then I am, I'm a leader who wants to point as many people to Jesus as possible. Yeah, one of my 30-day goals is to really nail this down where I like really believe this is the three core values in my life. I've done it before, need to revisit it. But uh, off the top of my head, it's missionary. I wanna be a missionary. So I am a missionary sure. to my local community. Um, I'm a maker of new things. You know, God has given me that, that ability and potential to go start new things, maker of new things. And um, it's kind of similar, but I'm a mover, a mover and a shaker. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and I love alliteration too. I love that alliteration. Good M's, good L's. So you should also do the same. Carve out that time uh, in your brain, in your heart, to think about your core values and start them all with I am. And we would say, just to hint towards some methods as you join us next week, write it down. Write them yeah. down. Don't just type it out. Write it down. The kinesthetic activity will really help it stick. So thanks for joining us today on Lead Time. We pray we brought some joy, some levity, a few tactical maybe next steps for you to release that limitless potential in your, in your amazing big brain. Sharing is caring. We also appreciate any sort of reviews that you write on the, whether it's Apple or iTunes, wherever it is, that's the same thing. But you know what I'm saying. Wherever you could leave us a review about Lead Time, we would really, really love that. A lot. Friend, 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 yes, friend, we friend. Are friends. See ya. Peace of Jesus go with you later. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org/slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.